So we're continuing this series of faith, hope, and love, this triad of qualities that mark the people of God as it relates to particularly this neighborhood where we exist. So we've looked at faith and we've looked at hope. Faith is that conviction that the kingdom is coming, that God's desire is for heaven to kiss earth in this neighborhood. In in our holy imaginations, we're wondering what would it look like and how do we uh, animate our conviction that that's going to happen and act as though it will. Thy kingdom come in this neighborhood as it is in heaven. And so uh, we talked about faith in the neighborhood that that we are in, District 13. Talked about it as it relates to the triangle and as it relates to the campus. Then we looked at hope. And I love that image of hope as a rope, kind of because it rhymes uh, in English at least. This idea of tension, holding tension. Something that's not yet. In fact, something in which there are challenges. It's hard to believe that this thing is going to happen, but you have this tension, this hope that it will. That idea of there may be challenges, but still I hold on. Even if it doesn't happen in my lifetime, I've got this future hope for God's move in this area. Uh, And so we've talked about hope. We turn our attention now to love, neighborly love, as it relates to um, our neighborhood. And I'm so proud of how you all have um, stepped up in investing and thinking about and praying for this neighborhood. I've really seen it, uh, even before this series, but particularly during this time, I feel like there's been an increase in engagement, at least in thought and prayer and discussion, and then many of you uh, with your shoe leather, so to speak, investing in this neighborhood. That's been so exciting to see us truly become a neighborhood church. But let's talk a little bit about what neighborly love looks like. Uh, Leviticus 18, uh, or rather 19.18 says, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. Most famous verse in Leviticus. It's interesting, it's in this context, and I hadn't realized until I was preparing for this message, the love your neighbor as yourself idea that Jesus teaches about and that shows up in other places uh, is in the context of holding a grudge. It's, It's almost like there will be this tendency for your neighbor to annoy you, for that person that's close to you, that's in your circle, to uh, sin against you and do wrong to you. Don't hold a grudge. In fact, I want you to love your neighbor as you love yourself in the midst of the potential for grudges. So it's just interesting. I hadn't realized that it was in that context that we're called to love our neighbor as ourselves. It says uh, loving our neighbor in the reference to our people, but in the same passage in uh, Leviticus 19, a few verses on, it says love the foreigner as you love yourself. So it's inclusive of those that are near you who are like you, as well as uh, those who are not like you. So that invitation in the midst of being sinned against, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Um, 
Love is this distinguishing quality of people who follow God. It's like a it's it's like a dominant gene. Oh wait, that looks like God. That I that person acting in love. There's something about that that reminds me of Creator. So love is that thing that's going to mark us, which is why Jesus taught so much about it, why it comes up so frequently in the Hebrew Scriptures, God's loving kindness. And then Jesus, in Jesus' teaching, uses a verse from Deuteronomy that says, love God with everything you've got. And And then he pulls this one from Leviticus, love your neighbors yourself. And he takes these two little specks of the Hebrew Scriptures and says, all of it, all of the law, all of the prophets is summed up. Love God with everything. Love your neighbor like you love yourself. Like you could summarize the Hebrew Scriptures, or at least the law and the prophets, with these two ideas, these two verses. Really powerful. Love God. Love neighbor. They have one thing in common, love. That's the thing that allows you to live out the more than, I think it's 700 commands in the you know, Old Testament. Love God, love neighbor. And so in that particular instance, a lawyer is pressing Jesus about, hey, well, who's my neighbor? You know, he's trying to get uh, a very specific answer from Jesus. Um, and we're probably going to deal with that. Doug may talk about that passage in his teaching with the triangle. At least uh, our next series is going to look at Luke 9 and 10. That's the story of the Good Samaritans in that section. But we'll go into that later. What I want to ask is not who's my neighbor, but uh, what's love got to do with it? Um, What's it look like to... Yes, I won't, I won't uh, offend you by singing What's Love Got to Do. But I have planted that song in the heads of those who know that song. Mission accomplished here. But, um, <laughs> I, think, I think Doug wants to sing. So my question is not who's our neighbor. We're going to assume that our neighbor includes people in this area. Let's just assume that's the neighbor that we're thinking of. Campus, triangle, greenbush. But what's love look like? What's love got to do with it? Um, I want you to do a little imagination exercise. Think about someone that you uh, loved well with some act of kindness or some word of encouragement, a time that you spent with them, maybe a gift that you gave them. You helped with a need. Think about someone that you loved by helping them, by encouraging them, or serving them, giving them time, someone you gave a really, really nice gift to. Get that instance in your mind. And capture that feeling of satisfaction as a reward. It feels good to be good to someone. Especially when that person comes back and says, that was so good of you. Thank you. You have something like that in your mind and you feel a little bit that feeling of what it's like to love someone well. Now, what would it be like for you to love yourself in that way? 
All right, you saw what I did there. I'm turning this a little bit. Loving yourself. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. What you did to that person that you loved well. What would it be like if you loved yourself that well? What if you felt good when you loved yourself that well? Let's let's talk about loving ourselves. Because I don't know how well we can love our neighbor if we're not really good at loving ourselves. Now, what's Leviticus mean? What's Jesus mean when Jesus brings this up? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Probably there is that sense where there's an instinct we have to care for our basic needs. We know what it feels like to have this survival instinct that will feed ourselves and take care of ourselves. That's probably part of it. Love your neighbors, you love yourself. You love yourself very naturally because you feed yourself and uh, take care of yourself. Um, it's, it's called the survival instinct. Now apply that to your neighbor. I think that's part. I think there's more to love your neighbor as you love yourself than simply basic needs. What are some ways that you've got desires beyond your basic needs? When I thought about this, I thought about uh, our lawnmower. So, I don't know, we've had this lawnmower maybe 20 years. And um, last time I brought it in, two years ago, two summers ago, it's like, it's, you know, not going to last another summer. It did last another summer. But I thought, you know, it's still functioning. But I, I want an electric mower, battery-operated mower. You know, and it's not a small expense. It was $287 at uh, at Home Depot. You know, not the sort of thing that you do very frequently in our family, but it felt like, this is how I love myself well. I'm going to get an electric mower, and I'm going to pass this dilapidated one on to my daughter. That's, that's how I love her. <laughs> And, you know, we kind of went through the same process with our fridge probably 20 years. We bought it used 20 years ago or whatever. It's still working. But it felt like, no, there's some things that aren't functioning as well. So there, there is a material way. And it's interesting. When My first thought when uh, I asked, what's it like to love yourself beyond basic needs? My first thoughts were material. That shows you the kind of society we're in. Like we're in a very materialistic society. As soon as you ask, what's it look like to love yourself beyond your basic needs? At least for me, I thought of material possessions, <laughs> which I think is the lesser part. I'm not sure that in first century uh, Palestine that that was the center as it is the center for us. But it's a piece. So I love myself well and Janine. We thought together and, you know, work this out financially, with a material thing. Uh, there are other basic needs that, that are things that move beyond basic needs. Relationship, companionship. Like, what does it look like to love yourself well in relationship? You have less control, maybe, over how you love yourself well in relationship, but you can take initiative and ask, I think I need time with a friend right now. I'm going to take initiative and reach out just because I'm depleted 
and I need to love myself well. How can I be a good friend to others when I feel depleted and I'm going to love well myself by reaching out in friendship? Uh, meaningful work. I think there are ways that we have this need for meaningful work. I want to work in some way that contributes, and so seeking meaningful work, certainly rest and leisure. And that's where we probably find that tension of burning out versus taking the time you need to refresh. Those are all ways that we ought to be loving ourselves well and thinking about what's it look like for me to have my needs and then some things that, uh, some simple things that I want. Now, I recognize too that there is this tension because we are materialistic, selfish, narcissistic uh, people. So there's this gravitational pull, no doubt about it. Like, I, I recognize that, oh, love myself, that feels very selfish. In fact, it's maybe the definition of selfishness, like love myself above others. So, yeah, good to have those guards in place. Good to have that tension and to think, what's it look like to love myself well without spiraling into self-absorption and self-obsession. Still, it's a, it's a fair fight. It's a fair fight to have, okay? Yeah, I can go too far. But I can also go not far enough. And there are ways that um, loving myself is good and right and beautiful and fair. And having that discussion with oneself or with others is a good one to have. And my tenant here is, if you're not loving yourself well, if you're withholding stuff, if you're stingy with yourself, it's likely that that's going to overflow to your neighbors. Now, sure, there's ways you have to die to self, uh, pick up your cross, and serve others above yourself. You know, some of the verses, uh, or some of the versions of Philippians 2, you know, that says, uh, don't look to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Uh, Translate it, don't look only to your own interests, but to the interests of others. So there are ways in which we look to our own interests, and that's okay. We're made that way. It's okay to be good to yourself. You ought to feel good about being good to yourself. You ought to be able to wrestle a little bit with what does self-indulgence in an unhealthy way look like and does this cross the line? Be good to yourself. It's the first step to loving your neighbors, loving yourself. What's it look like for you to love yourself? Now, as we think about our neighbors, how do I love my neighbor materially? Like my lawnmower. Like, that was the way I love myself. Are there ways that I can love my neighbor in a material way, a social way, an emotional way, a spiritual way? Those are, uh, and those are bound together. I realize that. It sometimes helps those of us from a Western context to think about loving in a material way and loving in a social way and loving in an emotional way and loving in a spiritual way. Um, but we recognize that those things are bound together. And you can't love those, we're talking about this neighborhood, that you don't have a relationship with. 
So step one, love yourself well. Step two, get in relationship with those to whom God is calling you to love. Uh, the Good Samaritan had eyes to see. Coming to church, doing worship in the park, What's it look like for you to put on those glasses so that you begin to see the neighbors to whom God is inviting you to have relationship? See them. Then have the courage to step out and interact with them. I've loved getting to know some of our neighborhood pastors. I meet from time to time with uh, the Ukrainian Orthodox priest, down Regent Street, just a few buildings, Father Gregory. Gotten to know um, uh, the priest, uh, the rector, assistant rector at St. Andrews, and we heard from Melissa uh, Skoglund, uh, Reverend Melissa Skoglund, for um, uh, Pentecost Sunday. Uh, This Sunday, I'm going to have a word from another pastor in town, this is uh, Pastor Abby Sojek, and she's the pastor of New uh, Culture Church and also heads up the Chi Alpha group on campus. And I asked, would you give a challenge to loving our neighbor as a fellow neighbor in this neighborhood and just share a story? And she's got a word for us today. Let's listen to Abby. Hey, FCBC. My name's Abby Sachek. I'm the lead pastor of New Culture Church, and I also direct Chi Alpha, which is a student ministry on campus. I've gotten to know a lot of you in different ways um, through the year, so super excited to just be able to share with you for a few moments um, wherever you're watching this today. So I was asked to share a little bit about how I have seen love in the neighborhood. Now, the neighborhood in which your church is in is very special to me. Um, I've lived there for about two years and then moved away to another apartment, as many people do bouncing around the different neighborhoods in the city. Um, And we'll be moving back this summer um, as the church that I pastor, New Culture, alongside our campus ministry, Kyle has just signed a lease on a space just down the road on Bedford Street. So excited to be neighbors with such an incredible community and body of believers and to just serve the city alongside all of you. So this neighbor is special to me because I've lived there because now our church is there and I'm going to live there again. And I just want to share with you um, some thoughts and just a little bit of some testimonies of what I've seen God do in the neighborhood. So one of my favorite scriptures and kind of an anchoring passage for me is Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, which says to be imitators of Christ, therefore as dearly loved children and to live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a living sacrifice. Now, a lot of times when it comes to us making disciples, fulfilling the great commissions and loving our neighbors, I think we forget just how simple it truly can be. And that scripture does such an incredible job of summing it up to say, be imitators of Christ and to live a life of love. Lay down your life for other people and then to trust that the Holy Spirit's going to do the rest of the work. And I've seen that happen in the neighborhood that your church is in, um, in the neighborhood that I've lived in, in the simple ways. One of the unique things about the neighborhood 
and specifically with the Vilas neighborhood where I lived is you have a lot of students, but you also have families and you have a lot of front porches, a lot of places to sit, a lot of places to build community. I think a lot of times it can be easy for us to kind of pull away and hide our lives, but a front porch kind of naturally exposes that. So when I lived in the Rylas neighborhood, my roommates and I would often spend a lot of time on the front porch. And it led to us getting to say hi to so many people and to meet so many neighbors. Um, it eventually led to us porch hopping with different neighbors to see who had the best porch and getting to talk to people and interact in that way. But what it also led to was people seeing us as Christians, as followers of Jesus, people getting to see our lives on display. When we talk about being an imitator of Christ, one of the things that Jesus did for us was he left heaven to come down to earth and he lived and dwelt among us, which is, I think, one of the best ways that we can be good neighbors to the people around us is to simply put ourselves in places where we're seen, where we get to put that love on display. So one story that ended up coming from um, my time a couple years ago living in the neighborhood was across the street, there was a house of guys and they would hear all the time us on our front porch and in our home just laughing and having a good time. So much so that they started to wonder what was happening in that house, what was going on that people were always so filled with joy. Well, sure enough, we developed a friendship um, with these people in this house and ended up starting to have neighborhood dinners. And as the year went on, we would invite neighbors across the street on both ends of our house. And there came to be a lot of different traditions of us, not only porch hopping, but coming into each other's homes and sharing meals and even sharing um, cultures and, and religions. So we had neighbors who were Jewish and neighbors who came from different faith backgrounds and some no faith backgrounds that we were able to sit around a table and just share meals together. And when I think about those times and I think about those moments, I think about how that truly is imitating the love of Christ. That it's the simple things of letting people see your life and letting people come into your life. Now, one of those neighbors ended up coming to our church and is still an active member today. And he still lives in the neighborhood. And so I'm excited to be back and to continue to try and recreate and continue to see what God's going to do with us just stepping out in faith and letting people see our lives being where they're at and also welcoming them in to ours. And so I want to encourage you that when I think about the community that's already exists in the different neighborhoods surrounding your church and the church that I get to pastor do culture, I think that there's so many people that they're looking to see the love of Christ on display. They're looking to see people imitating his love um, all throughout the week in the everyday moments of life. So if you have a front porch, go sit on it, say hi to people, wave. Um, if you have room in your schedule, invite them in for that meal because you never know what that's going to lead to. Now, of course, not every single neighbor ended up coming to church and being a follower of Jesus, but many of them I still text and have relationships with, and I'm excited to be back in that position where I can continue some of those relationships. Being a neighbor sometimes can be just that simple. And so I just want to encourage you that whatever neighborhood you live in, wherever you're at, um, to just ask God how you can continue to put his love on display and invite people in to your life. And to also just continue to pray for what God's already doing in the neighborhood. 
um, whether it's the Triangle community, it's campus, or it's the Vilas <laughs> Greenbush neighborhood, Regent neighborhood, to know that God is moving and that there's seeds that have been planted. And I'm excited to continue to partner with your church in this. So I hope that you all have a wonderful rest of your time together. And thanks for letting me share. I love that invitation to um, live our lives on the front porch and to love one another well on the front porch. Where, where's our front porch? I mean, part of it is coming here on Sundays. I love in the summertime when our front porch becomes Brittingham Park. And I think there were ways even last Sunday where loving one another and enjoying one another on that front porch drew the attention of other people who are out on their front porches in that area. But I love Abby's challenge there, and I'm wondering how can we create more front porch opportunities in this neighborhood for our church? Um, you know, the material ways that we love one another, that might look like actually going with our time and investment and planting a garden in the triangle. Derek was famous for putting on barbecues for Parkside residents, and some of us sort of helped him financially with that or even stopped by. Um, those were kind of front porch material ways to love. Socially, I believe some house groups might want to put on events in this area. You know, music events. We've got some amazing musicians Lori and Betsy playing this last Friday night uh, was very enjoyable to go to. And, you know, it takes a lot of time and effort and someone to engineer it and pull it all together. It may take some finances, but things like music or uh, Jordan Espidal held a story slam here. He loves comedy, loves storytelling. Those are the sorts of things that become invitational spaces, public spaces, front porch spaces, and ways that we can love people. We did have a couple of interns years ago here, Angela and Kim. And one of the th ways that Kim loved people in the triangle emotionally, there were some elderly folk that she got to know. And uh, I think it was backgammon or something. Every week she'd go and play backgammon with this person or cribbage or something like that. And like she played a game every week with this woman who was lonely. That's an emotional love. That's sharing uh, God's love emotionally. Spiritually, there was a time, a season that we did open door here, and that was a house group time that we intentionally geared for people in the triangle. What if we got more uh, creative about creating uh, front porch opportunities? Do you guys have ideas? Like even right now, uh, Joan, I'm going to pass. Uh, Jillian, would you move the microphone around so that people can be in their seats? So people can hear this, but you'll just have to look at me. But it's really Joan. This was a life changing for me and a lot of other people. A group uh, from FCBC started English as a second language classes. And I had an Indonesian girl, which I still am in contact with, even though she's in Bandung. <laughs> and uh, 
so I started a career doing that, and it is an amazing way to teach the word, tell them what's going on in this culture, because they don't understand anything. You know, they come here, we think, oh, the land of opportunity, and then they see all this fighting going on, and uh, so it's been really exciting. So if anybody wants to do something like that, that would be great. And there awesome. are a lot of people that came, they announced it. I don't know, now the campus has a lot of, you know, restrictions yeah. on what you can do, but anyway. That no, that's that's thing. going back. <laughs> uh, you can hand it to Jillian. That's going back a ways. Uh, Joan, in case you didn't hear it, those of you who are watching remotely, we did what we called English Corner in uh, when we had the church down the street, and students came there and some teachers, and we taught basic English skills. We had no idea what we were doing. We just do, <laughs> oh, let's do a skit, and let's do conversational English stuff. And this church hosted English Corner. And for a while, there was quite an Indonesian population that uh, attended the church. English Corner became a front porch opportunity to love our neighbor. Other ideas? So, so there's an opportunity coming up with all of the events happening at, at neighbor, uh, Neighborhood House um, to just go and join with the concerts they're putting on and the events they're putting on and for us just to be with uh, the people at Neighborhood House and their and their programs. I love that, Lori. It's like, where's the neighborhood gathering? Where's the neighborhood front porch that we're invited to? You could come and hang out on your neighbor's front porch. Your neighbor has invited you to their front porch. Show up. That's a great suggestion, and I think uh, Doug and Marianne gave us a list of things happening. I also think there's some triangle events that typically happen. I don't know if they will this year, Ethnic Fest, that kind of thing. Yes, show up at your neighbor's front porch uh, to which you've been invited. Any other ideas, like just to stimulate our thinking about how to love our neighbor well? Yeah, Doug in the back, and this will be the last one. I'll conclude. And Jeff, after Jeff, both of you guys. I didn't want you to say my name, but you could go to bars. There's a lot of students go to these bars, and you can talk to them. And just a lot of neighborhood talk going on. And now that it's summer, they have outdoor porches, tables, that you can also meet people and talk. Yeah, and so these are hangout places. And these are the sort of places Jesus would hang out, right? So let's go hang out with Jesus and the students, even though there's a pretty serious drinking problem on this campus, that's, that's the place to be an influence and to be in moderation and to be a redeeming influence. So thanks, Jeff. Doug. Um, we, we were talking to some of the campus leaders in the, uh, about 10 days ago, Russ and I, and one of the things he, they mentioned was spaces where students could come together and have a conversation for that is supported and facilitated so that differing views can be shared. I mean, that just came from them as like, we need a space. They actually mentioned other, I mean, the bar is one option, but they said a, another space where we people can come together, kind of do the gracious mic thing like Doug Alexander helped facilitate, but maybe on topics of interest to the to students and to our neighbors. And I thought that was interesting that uh, that could potentially be a front porch opportunity that we might host in, you know, during the school year for some students or neighbors. Great. 
Thank you, everyone. And uh, like I say, this requires a bit of energy on our part. It is a sacrifice. Uh, if you've loved yourself well and are loving yourself well, perhaps there's capacity then for you to create and host one of these things. I think that's part of the love your neighbor as yourself is when you're loving yourself well, you've got the emotional uh, capacity to host these sorts of things. So, yeah. And we've got to be in relationship to our neighbors to invite them to these kinds of things. So, And coming to these things puts you in relationship. So there's a whole mixture of going to the front porches that you've been invited to, creating front porch opportunities, and being in relationships so that you can invite people in. Those are the spaces where we can learn to love this neighborhood well. Let me conclude by reading Acts 2, 43-47 about the neighborhood around the temple. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, there's a neighborhood uh, front porch, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. There's this equation or these factors of the Christian faith. There is belonging, believing, and baptism. And the order doesn't matter. Like, there are some who belong before they believe and are baptized. There are some traditions where you're baptized into the faith, and later you believe and belong. But creating that space of loving people into this faith, into a sense of belonging to a community, even if that happens before they believe, how do we create that sense of, I want to belong to this community that has these crazy folk dances out in public and uh, has this open mic time where people share what they've been doing on Sundays and has communion. Like, I'm not into the communion thing, but I love the stories and I love the dancing. I think I want to hang out with these guys. That's the way that we love this neighborhood well.